0: We uh, we have enjoyed his fellowship for many, many years and spent time uh, with him in his homeland. And he has traveled with us to many different nations. Um, and it's always a blessing to have him here. We're grateful for his life, for his ministry, and for his integrity. And uh, so I want you to Give him a warm welcome as he comes to the pulpit now. Can you do that? God bless you, brother.
1: Praise God. It's such a great honor and privilege from God to be standing behind this sacred pulpit. I'm not taking this for granted, so I want to give glory to God for this. And I also want to thank Apostle Apostle Ron Crawford for his fatherly heart, care, prayers over these years. You know, God, in His infinite mercy, brought me into this home about 20 years now. I think the first contact was in 2003, and the first visit from this house was in 2004 that's quite a while and I remember the first message from Pastor Ron Crawford to our church was on the breath of God I remember that night you were talking about not seeking the hands of God but seeking the face of God and since then my heart had been needed and connected with this house because it is a divine connection And one of the things that I believe that really made me feel so much at home being here is that, you know, in those days in our home, our dad had this scriptural inscription in our house that my house shall be called the house of prayer. That's Isaiah 56 verse 7. So we've always been groomed to seek the Lord in prayer. And when God brought me in contact with the saint network, I see this house as a house of prayer. So I want to thank God for every one of you for your sacrifices, for your prayers too in supporting the leadership of this church in going to different nations with the message of the saints. I will always love to say this over and over when I have the opportunity that your, your sacrifices are never in vain. Your support, your, your giving, your prayers are never in vain i must also thank pastor larry and pastor vicky for your consistent prayers because every time they send me mails, you know from what the lord shares with them in church of what He's saying to us i cherish this so much on behalf of my family and the church and on behalf of the nation nigeria and africa as a whole I want to say thank you so much. Sister Sandra was talking to me earlier this morning that while you were praying for me on Friday, she remembered those years, there were effort to get me to come to America and it was not working. For almost about 15 years, we were waiting. But thank God I'm not only just visiting, I'm residing. And God is repositioning me For more works in the nation so i want to say thank you so much god bless you god bless you god bless you for this morning the word that the lord has placed in my heart to share when our apostle gave me this privilege is simple is simply an instruction to me first and to every one of us and that is fulfill your ministry the summary of all we've come to do particularly those of us that were privileged to be in the seminar is that god has an assignment for you for myself and we have no other choice than just to go ahead and fulfill that ministry so father this morning i pray that you will anoint my tongue with fresh fire that you release your word to us you will encourage and strengthen our spirit and you will help us to be all that you want us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read a few scriptures. Can you turn with me to Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 6. And I will read from verse 1 to verse 8. Isaiah 6 from verse 1 to verse 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and a stream filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole heart is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved by the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin. Verse eight. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. In Colossians chapter four, verse seventeen. Colossians chapter four, verse seventeen. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou art received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. One more scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, like taught us in the Sunday school earlier today, do the work of an evangelist, Make full proof of thy ministry. Now, God is a God of purpose. is intentional in all he does. And according to Jesus, in John chapter 15, verse 16, the Bible says, we didn't choose him, he chose us. He called us. He ordained us. He anointed us. He brought us to himself out of his love. So every one of us in this house are not here just by our own making or choice. God brought you this far. And if he does, he has a purpose, he has an assignment for you. Now, if we go back and look at all the teachings we received during the seminar on atonement, the atonement from the revelations we received shows us clearly that we cannot walk with God in uncleanness. We have to be sanctified. We have to be cleansed. We have to be purged. Our sins need to be removed. And those of us who partook of the communion service, you know, yesterday, um, it really meant so much to me because it was not just like a memorial. Like Apostle Ron said, it was like engagement. That you, you remember, I was telling us about bitterness yesterday. That we really need to come to a point where there is no trace of bitterness in our lives. And that is about atonement, it's about cleansing. According to that book of 2 Timothy, that anyone that wants to be a vessel of honor must purge his or herself from every iniquity. Without that, we cannot serve God. And I think that was the experience of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 that I read earlier you know that scripture came to me when uh pastor fabian was explaining the picture of the cherub you know on the program that it's not as if it doesn't have a head it's like the head is covered kind of you know the bible says in that book of Isaiah chapter 6 ever before then Isaiah had been a prophet From chapter 1 to chapter 5, he'd been talking about others, pointing out the sins of others. But in chapter 6, he came to a place where God effected atonement, cleansing, purging in his life. Because in that chapter 6, he saw himself this time. He saw himself in the mirror of the word of God. Somebody said, those who read newspapers, they know what is going on in the world. But those who read the Bible knows why. When you come face to face with God, with the word of God, you see yourself. You see where you stand. And of course, this God is a try solely God. His eyes are too pure to behold iniquity. So personally, this week, I just want to thank God for what God has done in my life through the word. Because he's not talking about others. He's talking about me. He's talking to me. And I need to check my thoughts, check my life, check my character, check my motive, check my attitude, and be sure that I'm just where God wants me to be. And I believe that is the same for all of us. Because that is the essence of the atonement. That is the essence for the cleansing. That is the essence of the blood. To remove from our lives every stain and every inadequacies that will not help us to be effective in our service to the Lord that was the experience of isaiah and i love that verse eight after the cleansing the the, the fire came from the altar and his iniquities were purged. it was after the cleansing that he got a recommissioning and that is what i want every one of us to live here with that god is recommissioning you to his service god wants each and every one of us to know what exactly he wants us to do and go with all our strength to do it because in that verse eight isaiah said he had a voice whom shall i send and who shall go for us who will take this responsibility and isaiah volunteered here am i send me bible scholars made us to know that isaiah happened to be not just one of the major prophets but a very profound prophet there are 66 books in the bible there are 66 chapters of the book of isaiah isaiah happened to be the prophet that prophesied most clearly about the coming of the messiah and in fact bible scholars call the book of isaiah the fifth gospel because the book of isaiah is so clear about the assignment of the messiah of the coming of the lord from to us A child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That is Isaiah. He told us how he was going to die. He told us everything that was going to happen in the ministry. Why? Because he had an unusual encounter with God. He he sees where atoned. He experienced a transformation. And that is my prayer for everyone in this house. That you will leave this meeting. Leave this seminar. Leave this conference. Leave this house today. Even if it is your first time. You know, this week here with a fresh understanding that there is power in the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, to sanctify us, and to make us presentable before the Lord. So I'm just going to leave you with three points. Three things I think we all should do. Number one, recognize your place in God's service. Recognize your place in God's service. Thank God for Pastor Fabian when he came with this fivefold ministry thing. You know, I found myself in the evangelist class and I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't hide it because I was thinking something else. If somebody has called me an evangelist, I would have said, well, because I feel I operate like in all those ministries somehow. But majorly, I would have thought I'm a pastor. I would have thought I'm an, I'm an apostle something like that but an evangelist I was like how did I get here <laughs> and you know by the time Pastor Ron was explaining you know in a very broader way what and who an evangelist is I begin to grasp I begin to understand that it's like I really need to study my assignment I really need to know and that's where I think all of us should start from as we leave this house What is my assignment? What exactly does God want me to do? It is very, very important. And if you look at when uh, Sister Monica was talking to us about looking unto Jesus, I remember the story of that thief on the cross. The thief on the cross couldn't do anything with his hands because his hands were nailed. He couldn't walk because his feet were nailed. He couldn't go for water baptism. In fact, he couldn't come for Holy Communion service. But the only thing he could do was to look. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we've heard that this week. That if we're going to fulfill our ministry, we must look unto Jesus. And you know that it is not all eyes that looks that see because you can look at something and you may not even really see it well I mean after this service after three four five hours they can ask you what dress was so 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 like sister Katie what dress was you may not remember you saw her but you were not paying attention so when the Bible says look it means pay attention pay attention find out ask questions Lord what exactly do you want me to do because sometimes we may be busy but barren And the Bible says, any branch in me that bears no fruit, it cuts off. And because we don't want him to cut us off, we need to find out. We need to understand exactly what is my place. We need to pay attention to God's purpose for our lives. And one interesting thing about ministry, I know you know ministry about services is a ministry, I mean, this is a church that teaches in-depthly the word of God, so that's why I'm not going to those definitions. Now, when it comes to ministry, everybody has a place. Everybody. You know, it's so interesting that... I don't know the name of Pastor Fabian's daughters. It's so interesting how they know what to do at the right time. When it is time to take the offering plate, the lady comes, she does that. After the, after the communion service, they were going around picking the cups. They know what to do. Everybody has a place. It has nothing to do with age. Either you are old, either you are young. You know, that woman, Anna was in the, in the temple praying even though she was a woman of age I think she was about 84 years and yet she had a ministry when they brought Jesus for dedication she said I have been waiting for this day this is the salvation so even at her age she was in ministry so it means it doesn't have anything to do with age it doesn't have anything to do with education it doesn't have anything to do with exposure as long as you are in Christ you have an assignment You have a purpose. You know, some people clean this place. We may not know them. We may not see them. That is a ministry. Brascard is behind the studio. That's a ministry. Everybody has a place. So we need to find out what is my place. Number two, receive God's purpose for your life. Number one, I said recognize your place. Number two, receive God's purpose for your life. When that angel told virgin mary you are going to become pregnant you are going to give birth to jesus he will be the son of god and all that the lady said i receive it be unto me according to thy word that is luke 138 even though what you are saying does not make sense to me i don't know how i can become pregnant without meeting a man but yet i receive and that is the spirit if we are going to fulfill our ministry, most times spiritual things may not make sense to us. It's just like if somebody who is not used to this church come to the church for the first time and see people praying on the floor, and you will know, we'll be looking at what's going on here because the spiritual thing does not appeal to the carnal mind. And that is why it is very very important that when the Lord speaks to us and shows us and tells us, this is the direction I want you to go. Even when you don't have an understanding, just receive. Because until you say, yes, Lord, until you submit, until you surrender. Of course, you will remember the experience of Saul of Tarsus in Acts of Apostles chapter 9 when he was on his way to Damascus to get orders to arrest the apostles. He encountered Jesus and at the end of their conversation, what showed that he had been converted, he had moved from darkness to light, was the statement, what shall I do Lord? I mean, calling Jesus Lord was all. Because Lord means master. Lord means the owner. So it means Paul saw as they were saying, whatever you want me to do, I receive. Whatever you want me to do, I am in. And those were the words of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. He said, I am here Lord. And when it comes to the ministry of intercession. It is the same. The Bible says. God sought for a man. To stand in the gap. And he found none. He was just looking for one person. That we say, here I am. And God is still looking today. For men and women who will say, here I am. Even though I may not understand the assignment. Even though I may not know what I'm going to go through. The challenges, the pains, the difficulties like we la- learned in the Sunday school this morning. The trials, the tribulations, the hard things that we come around. Even though I may not know all that is involved. Yet, I am here. One interesting thing I've seen about God is that He just loves to do that. I don't know why. He will tell you the beginning. He will tell you the end. But he will not tell you what is in between. He will tell Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And Abraham wouldn't know that for 25 years, he wouldn't have a son. He would tell the children of Israel, I'm giving you a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Everything is going to be fine. But they wouldn't know they have 40 years' journey to go. He showed Joseph that he was going to be a great man. Everybody was going to bow down to him. But he never showed Joseph the pit. So I'm sure Joseph must have been wondering when he got to that pit. What am I doing here? But something helped him. Because he had a vision. Understanding that there is a destination. And of course we know we have a destination. There is somewhere God is taking us to. The journey may be rough. It may be tough. But we know we are going somewhere. And by his grace when we get there. So I, I, I believe Joseph must. We can confirm this when we get to heaven. Remind me so that we can ask him. I believe Joseph must have like looked around in that pit and said, "Well, this is not what I saw in my dream. Probably I'm just passing by. This is not the final destination." And he encouraged himself. I'm sure this is just an excursion. I'm getting out of here very soon. And he did. Potiphar had never seen an happy slave in his life, but Joseph was different because when joseph got there he had this understanding i'm just passing by here this is not the final point i'm gonna get out of this place one day and he must have been telling other slaves come on guys shut up you this is not the end of life why because god had showed him before time that there is victory at the end you know somebody was sitting saying something jokingly that why would you go and put light at the end of the tunnel why don't you put it at the beginning You know, they always say there's light at the end of the tunnel. Why, Why don't you put it? Why do you put us through distress? Even though we face these tribulations and trials and challenges, the Bible says we should share up because we have overcome the world. So brethren, we need to receive God's purpose our life. Another thing that comes so strongly to me during the teaching was when Brad Mark was talking about the ego and he was doing an exposition on that Isaiah chapter 40. Wait on the Lord. You know, waiting on the Lord sometimes may be challenging. Waiting on the Lord may not be easy. Even not just on the Lord. If somebody asks you to you have an appointment for 7 o'clock and said, let's meet at Susu Point and you are there for 7, 5 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 1 hour, the person is not showing up. People around will know something is wrong with you. Because you'll be checking your phone, you'll be, you'll be uncomfortable. What's going on? So waiting is a process that sometimes is not easy. But when we wait on the Lord, when we know his purpose for our life, when we receive his counsel for our life, It will be easy for us to fulfill our ministry. Finally, for us to fulfill our ministry, we must receive God's power. For by strength shall no man prevail. Whatever God has given to us as a ministry, as an assignment, whether you are in the office of an apostle, you are in the office of an evangelist. You are in the office of a pastor. You are in the office of a prophet or a teacher. Whichever of this office you find yourself, you need God's power. And like somebody said, you know, the spirit of God is just one. When Brother Les started Sunday school this morning and he was talking about that guy, um, what do you call the name, Bonopha. I didn't get that. Okay, Bon offer. Thank you, sir. And he was talking about death. You know, yesterday when we were in Sister Stacy's house and I was congratulating Brother Dennis on his birthday, he made a statement. He said, a year closer, you know, a year closer to the grave, he meant, and we started to talk about death, that there is no reason for us to be afraid of death. With every Christmas we celebrate, every seminar we conclude like this one, we are getting closer to the last one. Somebody said there is always going to be a last Sunday. A last Sunday that you go to church. So before that last Sunday comes, brethren, we must put the power of God that he has made available to us to use before the last seminar that I will attend and there will be an announcement oh our brother has gone to be with the Lord before that last seminar there is this challenge coming to you, coming to me now listen we must put the power of God to use in our life just like the advice that was given to that man Archippus No, I did a little study on Archipos and I didn't see any other reference to that man in the Bible. There was no much said about him. And this is what I picked from that. Archipos could just be like any other church worker. Somebody that may not probably have something prominent to do, but is one of those that is in church. And the word came to him very strongly fulfill your ministry. And so maybe you can just put your name there. Say unto Falodon, fulfill your ministry. And that's just my message this morning. That the word is coming to you as an individual, as a person, and to me. We need to fulfill our ministry. We all have an assignment. So as you leave here, for those of us that have been attending the seminar, and for those of us in the church here, recognize that you have something to do. And please, for God's sake, do and do very well. Of course, you know, generally, the first calling we all have is the ministry of prayer. And sincerely, that is why I'm knitted to this house. It's a ministry of prayer that does not exclude any one of us. We all are called to that ministry. And it's not a ministry to joke with. And one of the most difficult things to do that I've seen in ministry is prayer well I don't know maybe you agree with that if you go to the normal Pentecostal setting where there is a lot going on you will realize that most of the time prayer is at the background prayer is just like the salt the, the sprinkle of the food after everything is done when they have done every other activity somebody will say let sister grace share the grace the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and that's all and that's the prayer Plus, Jesus minus Satan. That's a prayer. They have prayed. No. It's spending time laying before the Lord. Spending time with the Lord in prayer. is very, very important. It's a, it's a ministry we must not grow out of. No matter how high we grow in ministry. No matter how big our responsibilities become. We must make sure nothing takes the place of our fellowship with God. In prayer and after the ministry of prayer you need to also know other things that god wants you to do i've been so blessed by the ministry of the worshipers in this house and you see my prayer just goes to you that the lord strengthen you more and more in the name of jesus so i want to encourage you please go ahead and do more for the lord in the name of jesus as i round up i want to say no assignment is too small No assignment is unimportant in the house of God. So whatever your assignment is, please do your best. Give God your best ability. We've been told about giving earlier. I want to also say something about giving. And I know this church is a giving church. But we must always have this understanding that it is not even until we are told. It is not even until we come to church for regular service. That our spirit must be ready to receive direction. That sometimes, apart from the general offering, apart from the general giving, your spirit must be so open and your purse must be so open that God can tell you, that money is for the Lord. Go and give this to the church. Go and give this to pastor. You know, where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. Is that, is that scriptural? Yeah, So I do say this very strongly to the church. If your money is not in church, your heart is not there. Because where your heart is, your treasure will be there. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Both ways. So if your heart is in the house of God, if your heart is in the kingdom of God, then your resources, your finances must be there. Your sweat, your labor, Your work, your money must be there. So I want to encourage every one of us that we do our best before that last Sunday we come. Before that last seminar we come. Before that last opportunity we come. Because once we are done here, the truth is whatever we leave behind will be managed by others. And sometimes by others that did not even know when it's being gathered remember I, I had the story of a particular guy he died and he has given an instruction that everything he owned, he wants to go with it. He wants to go. He wants them to put all his money in his casket. And so a friend of the wife asked her, are you really going to do that? She said, watch and see. And on the day of the burial, the lady came with an envelope and in that envelope was a check the monetary value of all the man had. And she came to the casket and cried and cried and said, you know, I love you. I'm following your instruction. This is all your money. She wrote a check in the name of the guy and kept it in the casket. Has she followed the instruction? Sure. Let him catch the check. And if if you can't, well, that will no longer be the fault of the lady. But the truth is, while we are here when we can, we do all we can for the Lord. Now the journey, as I close, is not a hundred meter dash. And so because as we walk with the Lord, it's a marathon race. We keep going. We keep running like the song, one of the songs that came out this morning. I don't know, maybe you got that. Keep pushing, keep running. We keep running after the Lord. We, keep, we, we, we can't stop. You won't say, I've been working with the Lord for 30 years and stop. No, we keep going. So, we need the strength of God, we need the power of God, we need the grace of God to keep the journey going. So, that like Paul we also at a point in our life we'll be able to say, I have done all that God called me to do. I have fulfilled my ministry. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight that was the last word of Jesus he said it is finished he wasn't talking about intercession he was talking about the assignment for the redemption of mankind that what God has sent me to do as regarding opening the door of eternal life of humanity is completed in other words everything God wants me to do I have done that is what God wants from us he wants us to come to a point of total emptiness that when we die we die empty that we are not going with any of the deposits, any of the grace, any of the gifts of God in our life. I will close with this story. It was a story of this man and his son. They were traveling to a particular village and they were on their foot and they have these bags. They were going. It was stressful. When they got to a particular village, they asked in that village and they said, this is so, so, so place we are going. How far from here And the fellow, they asked, oh, you are almost there. It's just two miles from here. So they rested a little and continued the journey. When they got to the next village, meanwhile, when they asked that question, according to the story, the father has made an eye to who he was asking question. And the young guy was, you know, watching. When they got to the next village, the fellow they met said the same thing. Oh, you are close. You are just two miles away. When they got to the third one and the fourth one, two miles away, and at a point, the young man said, what's going on? All the places we've been asking, they said, two miles away, and we are not yet there. And the father smiled and told him and said, we are almost there. If you know how far the journey is from the beginning you may not have the courage to go with me but just two miles away we will soon be there it's just two miles when you have this understanding that it's just two miles away you are encouraged to keep going it won't take too long you will get there and that is what God is saying to us that if for any reason you are discouraged you are asking questions like the sunday school of this morning why is why are things so difficult why are things so hard why is things so you know you know you, you remember david had that similar experience in psalm 73 he said he was wondering why is it that people are getting things fine when he that loves the lord submits to the lord is very difficult he said until god showed him their end until he saw that the prosperity they have is just a bubble. That was when his spirit was lifted and encouraged. So this morning, the word of God is coming to somebody. Don't be, don't be weary. Don't be tired. Don't be discouraged. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep serving. Keep walking. Remain hopeful because the Lord is with us and he is mighty. He has the keys of David and he has given those keys to us. Like we have been told in this seminar. We have no reason to be failures when it comes to the kingdom assignment. There is no place for weariness and discouragement when our strength can come from above. So I challenge every one of us this morning. We must rise. We must walk. We must pray. We must push. We must labor, We must do our best. With God behind us, we will not fail. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you.
0: Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you. And uh, wow, I, I look up there at the clock, which you had no limitations, but it's three minutes till 12. Isn't that amazing? Would you turn in your Bibles, please? To <laughs> No, that was wonderful. Two miles from, it's kind of like George Clooney. This place is a geographical anomaly. It's two miles from everywhere. Uh, we continue to pray for pastor faladin and for his wife and for the great ministry that god has placed before him and it is great um and i i think that we need to do two things before we go the first is we need to consider very carefully what the lord has just said to us and um i i love i love that message and it really ministered to me and I know it ministered to all of us and to the many who are joining us online but the second thing we need to do is is truly commit ourselves to continue to pray for him for pastor faladin because again it's a great great work that god has laid before him and there are there are many hindrances um in so many different ways um I know that that travel is always an issue. I know that the COVID conditions are now dissipating, but I also know that um, the the things in his native land are perhaps somewhat different than when he was just there every day. And so, but, you know, even though there are challenges, that's why God says that uh, there's a victory to the overcomer. And we need to overcome and we need to pray that God will give him favor and that God will uh, lighten his path. I like that. You always give me things that I can remember, like, why is the light at the end of the tunnel? We need it at the beginning of the tunnel. I like that. All right, would you all stand with me? We want to pray for Pastor Faladin. And uh, we prayed for him the other night at length, and we're grateful for that impartation. But, Father, in Jesus'